You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Thursday, December the 3rd. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for listening. We had the non-tender deadline yesterday come and go. We've had some interesting characters get placed on the market. Uh, John Brebbia uh, was non-tendered as well as Ravello. There are talks of the Cardinals bringing back Brebbia. Um... Uh, on a minor league deal as he goes through his um, his Tommy John rehab. And their, um, their roster now sits at 37 with the other uh, five arbitration-eligible players are Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks, Alex Reyes, John Gant, and Harrison Bader. All stayed. Um, so I think that will, and there are some intriguing outfielders on the market for, for St. Louis to go after, especially if the DH stays, then that makes those corner outfielder spots with, you know, maybe people with a little bit of a lesser defense, uh, lesser defensive ability than that makes that those left fielders, those corner outfield spots like a Kyle Schwarber, maybe, um, becomes a little bit more intriguing to the Cardinals. But um, I'm going to dig through those a little bit more um, and I'll talk about them either tomorrow or Monday. And be sure to let me know what, what tendered free agents or what non-tendered free uh, players that are now free agents that you guys think the Cardinals should go after. Uh, but on today's show, um, it's part two of three of, of Nash Walker's and I conversation. Uh, Nash and I pick our next batch of players from the other teams uh, that, that we'd like to go after as trade targets. Great conversation with Nash. Uh, not only is it just about Cardinals and Twins, we get into other deep uh, baseball stuff, which is really, really good. Um, and be sure to tune back in tomorrow as well. But uh, before I do let you go into that conversation, I do want to plug one of my favorite shows in the Locked On Podcast Network. And you've heard um, this guy on, on the show before. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, then we have the podcast for you. Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice RM Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. From team-focused farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game, Locked On Prospects is the best way to stay plugged in on your favorite team. Subscribe today. Arm is a great guy. I've had him on the show a couple different times. He knows his stuff. I'm hoping to get him on the show again here soon, so be sure to go listen to that. But before you do that, be sure to listen to the second part of Nash Walker's and I conversation. Uh, Hope you enjoy and have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll do a little snake because I want to tell you about my second guy. All and right, I think so. you might be more open to, uh, if you're the Cardinals, getting back an offensive-based package in a deal for a reliever. And I know he's probably arguably the Cardinals' best reliever, but Giovanni Gallego, speaking of mm-hmm. disgusting sliders, four, <laughs> years, four years of team control, I believe. 2021, he's still at the league minimum, and then three years of arbitration. But 2019-2020 combined, 89 innings, 253 ERA, opponent batting average, 170. Lowest opponent OPS in that span from relievers who threw at least 80 innings. Zach Britton, 529. Liam Hendricks, 529. Liam Hendricks is, is widely regarded as the best reliever in baseball right now, free agent. And Gio Gallegos third at 534. So um, elite and 33.9% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate. I think, as I try to convince you here, if you're the Cardinals front office, 
they have guys. You know, I think Brebia is his name, mm-hmm. uh, who I also really like. Um, Alex Reyes, I feel like is going to be a guy that can come back and, and pitch well again. Um, Jordan Hicks, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure of all these guys, but I think these, this bullpen is loaded with options. You mentioned the farm system has a bunch of pitching options um, that they could potentially move back to the bullpen as well and throw some gas. Mm-hmm. But I think Gio Gallegos, I think the Cardinals with four years of team control could get a top, top offensive prospect for him in a deal. Would you be open to that, Lucas? I, I struggle with this only because of how dominant he was this past year. And he really broke out in 2019. Like you mentioned, he's got a wicked slider. I remember, you know, you and I were debating on who has a better slider, him or Romo at one point, because Romo for the twins also has a pretty good one, but I I would be open. I think that the prospect would have to be really close, if not already major league ready, um, just because of the the lack of offensive talent the Cardinals have right now. Because when you look at the projected outfielders right now on December 2nd, 2020, Fowler's going to be in right because of that contract. Bader's going to have every shot in center field, and it'll probably be a combination of Carlson and O'Neill in left field. Um, the Cardinals would need a center fielder probably and when you're looking at an outfield prospect, but you're right. The, 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 the pitching depth is what carried St. Louis to the postseason. They had a 17-day layoff. They had 11 doubleheaders in 40 days or something crazy like that. It was the pitching that really carried them, so – that's why I think when, when you're looking at who the Cardinals are going to trade, it's going to be one of those bullpen guys at one of your, at one of your targets. And Gallegos is probably the cream of the crop. But also, to your point, you've got Brebbia and Hicks both coming back next year. You've got Reyes that had a really strong year, Hennessy Cabrera a strong year, and you've got guys coming up that are also going to be ready to make an impact. So I, I would be more willing to trade Gallegos than I would Flaherty, <laughs> per se. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think Gallegos would, would call a pretty high prospect if you're going to go that route. Certainly, and I'm thinking, too, you mentioned center field. Uh, Byron Buxton, two years of team control left if they were to do major leaguer for major leaguer. Um, guy who you know struggles to stay healthy, but when he is, is, is great, too. So, yeah, I think that's an interesting angle, yeah. certainly with how good the Cardinals' bullpen has been and how deep it's been. I think they would be wise to get some value out of it um, because you know teams, especially with that much team control, are looking always looking for bullpen arms and at the trade deadline, too, mm-hmm. um, can float that around. Give me your number two, Lucas. Yeah, well, also a quick point, just especially because the Twins just lost Trevor May. It'll be nice to get some bullpen right, help right. from him. Right, absolutely. But it's funny that you mentioned Byron Buxton, Nash, because that's my second That's my second player. Oh! Yeah, Byron Buxton, he was kind of the, the, the pinnacle of that rebuild. Second overall pick in 2012, and you probably have more insight to it, but I would say just looking at the straight numbers, 2020 was probably his best season. Yes, it was shortened because of you know COVID and all this stuff, but his career slash line isn't all that impressive. 238, 289, 430, 91 OPS plus. But 2020, all those numbers were good other than the on-base percentage of 267, but OPS plus of 124. And again, other than on-base percentage, those were all career highs. When you're looking at positives for Byron Buxton and the, the huge upside, and like, like you mentioned, the injury history is a concern, but – He's coming off a great year. His expected slugging was 551 in 2020. Hard hit percentage went up 8% to 48%. His K rate has dropped 5% since his debut year. Um, and again, when you're looking at a guy that, that's still on the younger side, you're looking at, or I look at anyways, his, his breaking pitches, how he hits that. Uh, his batting average against breaking pitches in 2020 was 348. Slugging percentage of 826 on, slug, on breaking pitches. Th- that's a really solid number for me, and that's why I'm really excited about Byron Buxton and the possibility of him coming to St. Louis. But also, you mentioned the negatives. His walk rate was less than 2% this year, and I talked about this a little bit with Carlos Martinez on an episode last week of how long can you bet on the upside of a player before you just have to judge the straight results. 
And I think Buxton mm-hmm. is starting to get to that point where you say, okay, kid, you've got a lot of upside. You've got a lot of talent, but you've only played more than 100 games once. You played 28 games two years ago and 87 games last year. But that said, the Cardinals outfielders are in bad shape, like I've talked about. And I think Byron Buxton is a guy that maybe a, maybe a change of scenery is exactly what he needs to realize his potential and take the step to the next level. Yeah, Byron Buxton, two years team control. He's been tossed around for years in trade talks for the Twins just because he was that top prospect. And I think he's a really good example, too, of how much we do dream on prospects, and he was the top prospect in baseball. Um, But you expect those guys to be like Mike Trout, you know? And if you have the top prospect in baseball, the expectations for him are so high. And Buxton has had his ups and downs. 2017, he gets MVP votes because he is so good in center field. Platinum Glove winner that year. He's elite out there, so fast. The guy that on the bases makes a difference. And when he's in the lineup, Lucas, this team is just so much more dynamic. And we noticed that much, much more in 2020 because he did miss time again. He hurt his foot in the uh, summer camp, missed the beginning of the year. And we were so disappointed because when he's on the field, he's a difference maker. He really, really is for the Twins. But you bring up really good points like – how sustainable is a 299 on base percentage over the last two years? Um, you know, the, the injury history is so riddled with just crazy stuff, but also he had shoulder surgery and said his shoulder was popping last year. You know, so how much you could get for him in a trade as well is a question. But it, he's just a perfect example of when you see tweets in 20 years that say, you know, if he continues this path of not being able to stay healthy you'll see tweets of uh, the bar that says potential and it's up to the top or talent and then it says health and it's at the bottom that's that's just the way that it's been with him if he's able to stay healthy and we say this every single offseason it feels like he's a difference maker in this lineup and i would argue he's the best player on the team when he's healthy on a, on a good playoff team i think he's the best player because he's so good defensively and we've said for years as well what he gives you at the plate, and I think you've learned maybe that this always isn't true with Harrison Pater, is is almost a plus, right? Because he's so good defensively. And if he's going to have an 833 OPS like he has over the last two years and, and hit homers and doubles and um, just be a menace, he's a super valuable player. I'm open to extending Marin Buxton. I would be open to trading him, but you know, I think it would have to be for the right deal. Uh, but it, it makes sense. It's a good fit for the Cardinals, certainly, with that hole in center field. And, and you can slot him into any spot in the lineup, maybe not in the top half as much just because he doesn't get on base enough or hasn't shown the propensity to get on base. But uh, he's just he's so electric to watch. He's so fun to watch. Probably my favorite twin to watch. A lot of Twins fans would say that. So he'd bring a lot of energy to St. Louis, certainly. I have a hybrid right-handed starting pitcher slash reliever for my third trade target, Lucas. All right. And you mentioned to me, that this guy could be available, and uh, I'm going to ask you who that is. I'm going to guess Carlos Martinez. It's Carlos Martinez, right. and he is due $11.7 million in 2021, which on the surface looks a little hefty um, considering how bad 2020 was for him. But this is, this is a pitcher who from 2015 to 17 as a starter had a 324 ERA. Since 2018, he's been a hybrid guy, you know, 86 games, 23 starts, 187 innings, 385 ERA. His fielding independent pitching since 2018, which is, uh, you know, your expected ERA with a, with a league average defense behind you. We know the Cardinals have a great defense. 
Carlos Martinez at 372, Hugh Darvish at 377, and Marcus Stroman at 379. So we've seen the upside from Carlos Martinez. In 2022, he's got a $17 million team option. Um, so basically, this is $11.75 million guaranteed. He's got a couple team options here until 2023. Those are pretty high prices unless he's going to give you maybe 180 innings. But he's shown the upside to do that. What's his role going to look like, Lucas? Because I think that's one of the biggest uh, you know, question marks with him in 2021 and beyond. What can a team expect from him? I think he'd be a really valuable hybrid guy where he can open some games. He can be a middle reliever. He can close some games, pitch 100 innings potentially. What's your view of Carlos Martinez? Carlos Martinez, I, I talked about it a couple episodes ago, and similar to Byron Bucks, and it just it, it comes to the point, and like like you said, the results aren't as bad as, as Cardinal fans might think. You know, they, they think of Martinez, they think of Game Three of the National League Division Series, blowing a, th- a two-run lead of the last couple innings, and giving up back-to-back home runs in Game One of that series, monster shots to Acuna and Freeman. But the results, like you just mentioned, aren't that bad, especially as a, as a reliever. But there there comes a point as at what point does like mediocreness come become okay? And I think his 2020 was a big sign of like, okay, maybe it's time to move on because he had those two Mm -hmm. blow-up starts against Minnesota. But even in those two starts, he had like an inning or so where he pitched really well. He struck out three people in a row before giving up a home run to Donaldson in that second start and getting pulled. Um, So even it was within that start, you saw the good, the bad, and the ugly of Carlos Martinez. But I think that if he is to stay in St. Louis, he's going to have a shot at the starting rotation. But similar to Byron Buxton, you've got the injury history. He's had some mm-hmm. shoulder problems in the past. He's had some inconsistency problems in the past. And longevity is going to be an issue for him. He, he was able to go five innings in his last start of 2020, but he still gave up eight runs in that start. <laughs> you know, So w- w- would you rather have eight runs or five innings? You know, mm-hmm. uh, But it's just one of those things of can he be healthy? This offseason will be key for him if, if, if he can get right and you know, like similar to Byron Buxton, if he can get right, if he can stay healthy, and if his stuff plays to its full potential, he could be Valuable. elite in the bullpen or as a starter, either way. Yeah, yeah. and I was going to say, I was going to ask you too, I believe Martinez tested positive for COVID and was a late – Was mm-hmm. I think he tested positive for COVID after they left Minnesota that first time, right? Yes, he did. He, he was one of yeah. those guys, and he wasn't able to come back until mid-September, yeah. Right. So I'm going to speculate too that he never, because his, he's also a guy with a great slider, right? He's, he's another guy who has that hard biting slider. He gets so many whiffs on it, especially from righties and in his heyday, bread and butter. Um, but I'm going to speculate that he just didn't have a chance. He threw 20 innings. You know, I, I just don't know if he had a chance to refine his stuff with, with the, the layoff and having COVID. You know, we saw guys throwing, Jack Flaherty was throwing against a mattress in his hotel right. room. It was such a weird year. So I don't know how much I'm going to buy into the 20-inning sample from Carlos yeah. Martinez. But the, the real stuff is the injury concern. But I also just look at the upside he has. You mentioned it. He can be really, really good. And I think a reason that I like him for the Twins is because they do have the propensity to, they'll, they'll open a guy for three innings. You know, they'll open a guy for inning they'll bring someone in from the fourth to the sixth inning and I think Carlos Martinez could be really valuable in that role of and you said want to get a shot at the starting rotation certainly that would make him that much more valuable and maybe you're looking at him having a good year and and you're dreaming that a team could pick up his 17 million dollar option but he's so interesting to me Lucas because if he is again if he's able to stay healthy He's super valuable. You saw him right into that middle of the rotation. I believe Dakota Hudson's out next year, right? Or is out for a majority of the year. Yeah, time so he, he's an X factor. Yeah, he's an X factor for the Cardinals. Uh, the 
question if I'm the Cardinals would be, and, and you can also say what your question would be. I mean, what are you going to get back from coming off that year? You need to get something in return for him, especially because you're probably going to rely on him to give you some innings in 2021. Right. And I think to your point, the Cardinals are probably going to say the same thing if they do shop around Martinez of, hey, you only had 20 innings in 2020. Let's look at the whole whole spectrum here, right? Let's yep. look at the, his whole career. And because of that, I think and, and again, because of his versatility, you know, we, we talk about Gallegos probably garnering more of a prospect or two. If I'm the Cardinals, they need to get major league talent for Martinez, whether that's a bench player, a pinch hitter type of guy, a DH or, or somebody. They need to get major league talent, uh, maybe a one for one or maybe somebody who's a bench player plus a minimal prospect. I don't know your, your prospect situation real well, but I think that mm-hmm. Martinez is a guy that's going to garner major league talent at some capacity of the trade, whether it is a prospect with major league time, or like I say, a major league talent with the prospect mixed in and maybe the Carlos can throw in somebody as well. But, and I, I just think for Martinez, you know, he had that whole, there was reports of him getting arrested that last week, the, the tweet that you sent me uh, ended up not being true. He was just part of a mass gathering without masks and oh, and all that stuff. But I just think, that you know cardinal fans aren't really like the person of martinez right now they're kind of fed up with them um personality mm-hmm. you know I, I think within the team i think he and yadir molina have a great relationship um and, and stuff like that i just don't think cardinal i think cardinal fans are pretty much done with, with carlos martinez so yeah. you, you know you, if you scroll through twitter or instagram you'll find a lot of people wanting him out but i think there's there's a higher chance and you know i was one of those guys uh, admittedly so but i think there's a higher chance that he stays and uh, get, gets that shot at the middle of the rotation guy for sure yeah, we see, uh, especially after this crazy season, the Twins had like four or five guys that were just brutal in the lineup. And people are quick to say, oh, trade them, trade them, trade them. That's a buy low. That's a sell low. And, yeah. and you're just not, as a team, it's not a smart thing to do just logically to sell low on guys in trades. I mean, Carlos Martinez, maybe his value's never been lower than it is right now, right. you know, in a trade. So I don't know. I agree with you. Like, I think it's more likely he stays, certainly. But if a team were to step up and and give legitimate return and see some upside in Martinez and see him as a valuable piece for 2021 and, and potentially beyond, I think you could see him move. But it's just, it would be hard to gauge his value right now, as it is a lot of guys after 2020.